Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. And this week we're talking about the lost colony of Roanoke. So, anybody who's familiar with American history knows that Jamestown was the first permanent European settlement in what would become the United States, but about 20 years earlier, there was a colony that was founded in Roanoke, which is in modern-day North Carolina. So, Justy, do you want to tell us about how this whole thing got started? Well, there was a man named Sir Walter Raleigh, who was well-known at the time for popularizing tobacco in England. Um, He was given a royal patent to explore Virginia um, from Queen Elizabeth that authorized him to, quote, explore, colonize, and rule any remote, heathen, and barbarous lands, countries, and territories not actually possessed of any Christian prince or inhabited by Christian people in return for one-fifth of all the gold and silver that might be mined there. So, wow, really moral, beautiful motivations there. That's awful, yeah. terrible, and, like, what a shitty way to, like, start a country. Yeah, our country is founded on... Very selfish, money-motivated people. Wow. Yeah, so the initial settlement uh, that was the summer of 1585 um, basically landed on Roanoke, which is a small island, um, but they ended up having not very many supplies. I think what I had read was that there was some kind of, either they lost a ship or there was some kind of separation of one of the ships that was with them, so they didn't end up landing there with as many supplies as they meant to have. Um, and then bad relations with the natives, which I can't imagine why. Right. Um, so that didn't really work out too well with that first bit. And a bunch of them ended up going back to England um, with Sir Francis Drake right. a year later. So there was only this small group that were left. Um, and then a couple years after that, Sir Walter Raleigh ended up sending a new group of this 115 colonists um, led by John White to... Essentially, they were actually just going to be stopping by Roanoke and picking up that detachment and heading to a different area. Um, But when they got there, they found nothing but a skeleton. Interesting. That they think was the remains of one of the the English colonists. Um, And they, apparently the master pilot refused to let them return to the ships. And so they were kind of forced to stay there on Roanoke and colonize that after all. So they kind of tried to do their thing. Um, John White ended up going back to England to try to get them more supplies. Right. I think he made one successful trip, but then he left um, another time to get them some more supplies, and that didn't really work out too well. Right. So he left in 1587 to go back to England to kind of, like, grab stuff, bring it back, reinforce. But after he got to England, there was the Spanish Armada was cruising around the Atlantic Ocean, And so he wasn't able to actually make his way back to uh, Roanoke um, until 1590, a full three years later. Can you even imagine being there for just waiting for three years? Right. And like they're supposed to be back like, what, six months or a year? I mean, the idea of like taking a boat back and forth between the United States and like England is wild already, especially back then. But being trapped for three years and you just assume like, all right, like he died on his way or he's not coming back, basically. Yeah, you'd have no way to even know. Right. I'd be curious to even know how long it would take even just a perfect scenario to take a boat from Roanoke to England and back. I mean, I have no idea. No. But three years. It probably wasn't three years. Probably less than that. Yeah. Um, So John White 
comes back to Roanoke, the colony, and he had set up a whole signal system with them before he left that if they had to leave Roanoke for any reason under duress, he would have them carve a very specific cross into a tree as a a sort of a, a marker, like, hey, we had to leave, you know, come look for us somewhere else. So when he gets to Roanoke, he doesn't find any cross carved anywhere, but he finds the word Croatoan carved into a tree, and then the letters C-R-O carved into one of the posts of the actual fort of Roanoke itself. Jesus. So that's super creepy, super cryptic. Yep. Like, what, what is that? Like, they had also dismantled all of their um, houses and buildings that were there, like very organized. And um, so they definitely didn't like get driven out or there wasn't like a, a, like a war or anything Mm -hmm. that like, you know, all of a sudden came upon them. They like very methodically disassembled their houses, carved those words and then vanished. Disappeared. We have no definitive proof as to what actually happened to them. Nobody's figured it out yet. Right. There's some compelling theories, but nobody knows for sure. Right. There was no, yeah, no sign of people being killed. Right. No bodies. There was no, you know, evidence of fire. There was nothing. It was just, yeah, they packed up and left. Which is super eerie. Super eerie. So they were going to go and look for them. John White was going to go look around to see if he could find where they maybe went to. But a hurricane came by about a day later which prevented him from being able to actually go search for them. Right. Which, as we get into this, bad weather is going to become a theme of anybody looking for the Roanoke colonists. It is definitely a theme. It was even 12 years later, so this, again, proof of Raleigh being super great human, didn't even bother to go back for 12 years after this. Again, long time. Long time. To go look for the colony that he sponsored. So he went back in 1602... Um, apparently got his own ship and guaranteed his sailors wages so they wouldn't be tempted by privateering. Hmm. That was the thing. Right. And, but when they got there, he was still hoping to maybe make some money off this trip because why wouldn't you? Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> He's a ruthless We're businessman. going to go look for a hundred plus people that disappeared, but we should also try to right. bring some money let's back. Get, let's get some coin. Let's get some coin. So they landed in the Outer Banks. They planned on gathering aromatic woods or plants like sassafras so they could take it back to England and get some some cash. Yeah. Um, but by the time they got around to, oh yeah, we gotta look for those colonists, bad weather came in and they were forced to leave early and then Walter Raleigh was arrested for treason shortly thereafter. So there were no more expeditions on his behalf. So... Interesting. These poor colonists. I mean, at that point, 12 years. Yeah. I mean, either they're long dead or they're long something. Right. But they're most likely not in that same spot anymore. So right. they're not waiting for anybody to come rescue them. No. They've made their lives wherever they are or they're already dead. Already dead. Yeah. And there was one final expedition the year after uh, led by a man named Bartholomew Gilbert with the intention of finding the colonists, of course. Right. Um, they intended to land uh, in Chesapeake Bay, but bad weather forced them to land in another location near there. Um, the landing team, including Gilbert himself, was killed by Native Americans, and the remaining crew had to just go back to England with no, no land crew, no colonists, nothing, no information, just turn tail and run. Yeah. So three different crazy weather, and again, who knows how common that was, but it seems right. odd that 
there were multiple attempts to go find these colonists and it was all foiled. It seems almost like the Earth knew what was going to happen in the next hundred years and it was like trying to prevent the colonization of America by Europeans. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Right. Yeah, we were just talking about how history books when we were growing up, and I mean nowadays too, paint the idea of colonization as this awesome, fun right. thing with these explorers and they're going to find these new lands and it's, you know... The lands were new to the explorers, sure, but right. they were already People colonized. already lived there. Yeah. Like tens of millions of Native Americans already lived right. in the what would become the United States. Yeah. And were massacred and given diseases and experimented on and just, yeah. Pretty much awful things for the next 200 years. Yeah. Yeah. We're great people. Right. Yeah. So there's obviously a lot of different theories. Yep. Some yeah. listeners may be sad to hear that there's no paranormal theories for this particular mystery. Right. And I really tried to find paranormal theories. I wanted there to be badly. There's like a few like Hail Marys, like, oh, they were all abducted by aliens or right. something. But it that just seems kind of like, you know, you could throw that out for anything. For oh, anything. they were just abducted by aliens. Of Literally course. anything. Right. Yeah. So most of the theories are pretty logical and just like scientific, but no less interesting. I was actually very fascinated to hear about a lot of like what could have happened to them. Yeah. Um, sort of the most prominent theory is that they assimilated into one of the Native American tribes that was around them. Mm -hmm. um, there is a tribe in the area that are called the Croatans. No, no O. So, I mean, back then English was far more fluid than it is now. So you could just throw letters or wherever. You could spell things however you wanted to. Sure. And it still counted. So who knows? They could have just thrown an extra O in there and yeah. meant to write Croatan. Um, so it's a prominent theory that they just, you know, disassembled their houses, carved Croatoan and basically said, we're going to go live with these people who seem like they got their shit together. Right. They have food, water, shelter. They're not struggling day to day like we are. So we're just going to go live with them because clearly nobody's coming back for us. Right. They carved the word Croatoan into a tree. So if they ever did come back for them, they'd know what happened to them. But, you know, nobody actually bothered to go looking for that tribe that was called that. No. I'm still fascinated by the, the single, just the C-R-O carving. Right. What happened there? Right. Was he, like, trying to carve it and then something got, happened? Like, or? the group was like, hey, we're leaving. You coming or not? And he was like, shit. shit. I didn't finish. <laughs> they got the gist. We got the first one in the tree. Yeah, C-R-O. That's fine. That's fine. It's close enough. No, I think it's it's totally fascinating that they could have just, yeah, just merged their way into a tribe. Right. Um, there are, of course, you know, different mentions of there being you know people going much later in history and finding members of certain tribes that had you know lighter colored hair or i think one thing that i read was mentioning specifically like gray colored eyes right which is being a, a very a unique genetic trait. european trait that yeah. would not be present in a native american population right so it would have had to have come from a european colonist at some point right which is just fascinating that there's you know potentially descendants of these Roanoke colonists right? still like nowadays blending. that was just this bizarre merging. Yeah. This blending of these two groups of people, which is just right. so weird. Which again, always seems even shittier that we came there with the intent of colonizing and essentially Christianizing all these people. And they were gracious enough to maybe have, you know, accepted us into their ranks or accepted the, the colonists and just sort of let them assimilate. And then, you know, history would prove that that was a terrible mistake because yeah. awful things are going to happen on behalf of Europeans everywhere. Yeah. So 
Of course. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just what we do. It's terrible. It's great. No, there I think one of the things that I read mentioned there being um these two-story houses with stone walls that were in some of these tribes that, you know, were supposedly these people learned how to build them from these Roanoke settlers. Um just weird like little things like that or even there another thing I read was talking about these uh, this group of Native Americans that there was a whole group of them of these descendants that had names that were seemingly pretty obviously from European descent that would not oh. be just in Native American tribes, but clearly had kind of come, even if, if those had been kind of emerging of more Native names along with these European names, which is kind of cool. Interesting, which is so, what, exactly what you would expect if these colonists came in and married people from the tribe and yeah. just sort of like mingled with them it would make sense that there was a mishmash of like you know european names native american names european genetics and native american genetics all just kind of mixed around yeah That's exactly what you would expect to see super fascinating it's wild yeah there was even uh some in the 1880s there were some people in this specific county in north carolina modern day north carolina right um and it was it's this specific tribe they were discovered to have these words in their language that were very similar to these obsolete english words um and again some of the family names were kind of similar to the the account that they had of the colony the colonist names hmm. so it was just kind of cool to think that yeah some of these words that weren't even used nowadays in european language but they were kind of still they still existed in some form which is a whole other fascinating concept of language in general right that things like that again like that can be introduced into a new group that didn't previously know those words or use those words and then right. now they've kind of turned into their own thing they hold on to them for so long yeah it's wild it's wild so there's of course the idea that the spanish destroyed the colony right which is a whole different thing right um apparently earlier in the century the spanish had destroyed evidence of a french colony um of fort charles in coastal south carolina and then massacred the inhabitants of the nearby fort. Classic. So that was a thing. It's interesting. But there was also some proof that the Spanish were looking for Roanoke um, as late as 1600, which was about 10 years after hmm. John White had come back right. and discovered that it was missing. So probably not. I don't know why they would go and look for hmm. it if they already knew that they had killed them already. Right. So, but that's just one of the theories that's thrown out there. Hmm. And which is supported by that whole, the story of the map. Yes. So. The map is awesome. Is it called the Virginia Dare map? Virginia Parr's map. Virginia Parr's map. Okay. Yep. So there's this map, which John White had? Yes. So John White had a map of the map. Roanoke area. Right. So he made a map, yeah. which back in the day you just did that. You just did that. So he made himself a map of I've never the made Roanoke area. No. I'm sad about it. Maybe you should. I should. Right. Maybe I'm making one right it's now. lost art. Nobody listening to this knows what I'm doing right now. No, right. I could be making a map. Right now. Right now. Of the, of the immediate area. Of the immediate, of this table that right. we're sitting at. It's awesome. So, he made a map of the Roanoke area, and he brought it with him to England when he went to go resupply in 1587. Mm -hmm. So, the interesting part about this map is it shows the current location of where we think the Roanoke colony was, but sort of inland a little bit. So if you figure Roanoke is this long, thin island that runs parallel to the North Carolina coast, you have a river that comes from inland that empties into the ocean and 
it sort of splits both ways around the island of Roanoke. Mm. Um, so up that river a little bit on a little peninsula, there is a piece of paper that's been glued over a part of the map that has, if you look at it, um, you know, they've used spectral analysis or something to look at what's underneath the piece of paper. And it looks like a fort that oh. has been like covered over with a piece of paper. So it's possible that Roanoke wasn't just the single colony on the island, that there was actually sort of two, like like the, the port of Roanoke. And then mm. there was the, the fort that was upriver a little bit. And John White, when he went to England and, you know, knew that he was going to be encountering the Spanish Armada, used a piece of paper to cover this fort so that if the Spanish came looking for the colonists at Roanoke, they would be looking just for the sort of port area of Roanoke and not actually for the actual fort that was upriver a little bit. Interesting. So that kind of lends some credence to the fact that maybe it was the Spanish or that the idea of the Spanish attacking Roanoke was a very real possibility. Yeah. And that he had to kind of conceal that in case he was captured. Which is, it's kind of funny to think that just putting a piece of paper over it was like, good enough. Right. Nobody's right. going to be like, what's that? Right. What's under there? Like, everybody's just like, cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just our version of like whiteout. Right. Just well, put some more paper on top. Back in the day, I bet like, you know, you have one map and yeah. you like hand drew that map. So, you know, you might like burn it with your pipe ash or whatever. You might right? have little burn marks here and there. So a patch of paper probably wouldn't be that out of the ordinary. I guess that's true. Wouldn't Maybe? rouse suspicion. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would still be suspicious, but. Yeah, I would always. Yeah. Anything covered up, I'm like trying to peek under there. Right. But what the fuck is under there? What's under there? And if you find, yeah, this, they described it as a. A large square-shaped symbol with oddly shaped corners, which was presumed to represent a fort. Hmm. So, yeah, I'd totally be like, what the heck? Right. What the heck is that? Yeah, it's fascinating. Interesting. And then there's the Dare Stones. Yep. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, these weren't discovered until uh, between 1937 and 1941. So oh, think wow. about that for a second. Yeah. Roanoke was 1585. Right. So this was quite Almost a... 400 years later. Yeah. These series of these inscribed stones were discovered... Um, that were supposedly written by Eleanor Dare, who was, I believe, John White's wife. Right. Because it says that she was the... Sorry about that. My phone's trying to talk to me. <laughs> she was the mother of Virginia Dare, who was John White's granddaughter. Maybe that was John White's daughter then. Right. Most of his daughter. Okay. So John White's daughter, who was the guy who left to go back to England and didn't come back. Right. Um, yeah. Supposedly these were inscribed by her that told of the travelings of the colonists and their ultimate deaths. Right. Um, but most historians believe that these are a fraud. Right. Although there are still some people today that at least think that the first one right. is real. There's one that's potentially yeah. real because the other ones were very cl clearly carved with a drill. Oh, okay. Which obviously, obviously they would not have a drill back then. Yep. But there's yeah. one that may or may not be hand carved, so it could be legit, but be legit. The, the jury's still out. Yeah. Yeah. They said there were some linguistic and chemical analysis differences hmm. between that first one and the remainder. So, but just interesting to think that, I mean, not until the 30s right. or early 40s, they found those. So it's just, it's fascinating to me to think that back then, I mean, obviously they had maps and I'm sure they were really better at getting around than we are nowadays relying right. on technology, but that you know, this was a whole new land that they were exploring. I mean, they're colonizing so it's not like they had any familiarity really with the surrounding areas. So, right. I mean, if the colonists went anywhere too far from where they had landed, um, how the hell would you find them? Right. I mean, you how no would you idea. know where they went? And there's no means of communication. There's no means of really, like, in, not in the way that we know today. Right. Of finding people or contacting people or or even, you know, 
necessarily mean they there might have been plenty of Native American tribes that weren't friendly at all right. to these Europeans coming in. Again, not that they should have been. I right. am glad in a way that they weren't. Just, right. why are you coming in here and doing this? But I'm sure there were people that you know, they couldn't get information from even that were just like, no. Right. Like, why are we going to tell these people what, you know, this group of, you know, maybe a hundred white people who we, you know, took care of yeah. way back when. And they're just gone. Their bodies gone. are just buried somewhere or yeah. burned or who knows. Right. Yeah. And it's fascinating, I think, that there's the two different groups, that first smaller group and then the bigger group that came later. Right. Because some of the theories about them potentially being massacred, there's no way to know, was that the first group that right. did seem to be potentially massacred, them finding a skeleton when they came back? Right. Um, again, there was no other evidence of any other bodies, as far as I know. So it's just that one one sad person left behind, but it's impossible to know if even if somebody claimed, oh yeah, they were massacred. Are you talking about the first group or the second group? Right. They don't know. So that's part of the mystery is that you just don't know. Maybe the first group was slaughtered and the second group wasn't, right. you know, maybe they both assimilated. There's just, yeah. One of those things that you're just never going to know. It is unknowable. Unknowable. All right. So that's the story of the lost colony of Roanoke. We could have gone into a whole lot more detail about historical context who all the major players were and everything, but ultimately the the most important part and the most interesting part of the story is just the disappearance itself. You yeah. Know? You have this group of 115 people on this tiny island on the edge of this massive unexplored continent, and they're just gone. Gone. Assimilated, killed, natural causes. No Who knows? Idea. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Abducted. We don't know. Right. That's the unknowable part. That's the unknowable part. Yeah. It's fascinating. So yeah. so, yeah. So thanks for listening. This is Unknowable, episode three. You can find us on all, basically, probably all of your favorite podcast directories. Right. We are on CastBox. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify, TuneIn. Um, and biggest of all, we're on iTunes. It's wild. Super wild. You can go find us on there. If you do, give us a rating. Give us a review if you're feeling like it. Uh, it would really help us out a lot. Um, and you can also find us on various social media. Yep. Uh, we're on Instagram at a Noble Podcast. Right. We are on Facebook under a Noble Podcast. You can definitely go on there and interact with us a little bit. You can post if there's anything you want to hear. Ask us questions. Um, I believe you can recommend us on there, which is kind of cool. Nice. We got a recommendation recently said we gave him chills listening to us it's crazy it's intense <laughs> which is intense right so definitely do that um it would help us out a lot tell us what you think tell your friends about us and uh tune in next time tune in next time to unknowable unknowable